Hello, everybody. This is Raw from Ultra Universe, the podcast, and we're here with another fun roundtable panel. What's it on today? Well, if you guys know the word hodgepodge, you probably shouldn't be listening to the uh, podcast. But if you do know the word, you'll find out soon enough what we're talking about. Let's go. All right, everybody. Hope you guys are having a good week so far. It is Friday. It is the week before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, hope you guys are staying dry-ish. I know uh, over in California where I am, it's a little wet and cold, which I'm not very happy about, but, you know, I digress. So today we are going to chat some uh, topics that are old and, I guess, new, but we can't do these alone. So... We have, from the Fandom Podcast Network, Kyle. Say hello to the world. Well, it is, hello world. It is good to be here. Um, always good to pop on another podcast, talk a little bit of things going on in fandom, both past and present. Very, very true. So uh, I found Kyle on one of the many uh, podcasts out there in the world. And being that it's the first time on for him, I'm going to give him a second to kind of uh, chat about what you guys do on your end. Oh, I appreciate that, Rob. Yeah, um, I'm one of the co-founders of the Fandom Podcast Network, along with my partner, Kevin Reitzel. Um, we've been in existence for about five years, and we cover a myriad of things in fandom. We have uh, shows that cover the weekly news in fandom, kind of give our reviews, our news. Um, we have some shows dedicated to specific topics. We have a Highlander show called Blood of Kings. We have a show called Lethal Mullet dedicated to 80s action films. We have a show dedicated to Star Wars and the or Star Trek and the Orville called the Union Federation. And we just launched a new um, podcast dedicated to Star Wars as well. What a piece of junk. We're recovering very heavily what's going on with Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. Um, you can find all of those great things, plus a lot of other very cool things we do around there at our homepage, fpnet.podbean.com, or you can just search for us on iTunes under the Fandom Podcast Network. Nice. And I was going to say, what a piece of junk could be taken so well for Star Wars right now. No no offense there. But <laughs> oh, you're going to hit that, that hot button topic I'm right out of the gate. <laughs> I, I'm a Star Wars fan too, but you know, things happen, times change, what are you going to do? Well, okay, well, if you ask real quick, since we're talking Star Wars, just real quick, I want to ask you, what are your, what is your initial thoughts on The Mandalorian? Have you gotten to see it yet? Um, I saw a little bit of the first uh, episode, but I have been kind of keeping up with the news um, on it. Um, From the little that I saw, I definitely think for live action, it's definitely better done than other live action for Star Wars stuff you know, in my opinion. Um, But I'd say it's definitely nice to see a TV show versus another movie, because in my opinion, the movies I think have gone on for long enough. (laughs) Let's move aside, let somebody else come play. Um, But yeah, I definitely think for those who have, and again, I haven't seen all the episodes yet, so I don't, I can't really speak for a lot, but from what I've seen, um, I definitely would say it's a great, um, kind of a, just a great drama to watch. You know, it's fun, kind of got some humor to it. You know, yeah. I don't want to give uh, anything away, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, without giving anything away, I'll, I'll say this. I just watched the third episode this morning before I went to work, and it is, in my opinion, the best thing Disney has done since they've gotten the Star Wars license. I, I was a big fan of Rogue One. I enjoyed that a lot. I actually had a lot of fun with Solo, but by far, I, I have no question The Mandalorian is, is outstanding. And it really makes me excited for the other shows coming from Disney 
plus as well. And I bet, you know, it's, it's a weird time for star Wars. It's a weird time in fandom in general, because I know we're kind of hitting kind of end of chapters of two of the biggest franchises going for like a long time now. Cause with Avengers Endgame hitting kind of closing that chapter in the Marvel cinematic universe and with rise of Skywalker really closing, supposedly closing the door on the Skywalker story and the kind of that epic star Wars thing. So I, I find it a very interesting time in fandom and pop culture because of that. Well, that is very, very well put, and actually the perfect uh, segue into our first uh, topic here. Very well done, sir. Gold star, <laughs> golf clap. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, so that's very well put. And 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 going off of the Disney Plus thing, uh, Disney definitely is doing much with the uh, with the stuff they have. Uh, obviously, recently with the merger of Fox, we now have three times as many Marvel characters to play with. We have all of the Fox shows and Fox movies. Uh, we have the Disney stuff as well. Um, somebody pointed out online the other day that it's the first time in probably forever that we've actually, we'll actually be able to see the original Disney cartoons because most of them are locked up in the vaults, you know, forever. <laughs> so Disney Plus does have a lot of good stuff. Um, like you said, Mandalorian is definitely one of their uh, better ones thus far. Again, it just came out, you know, a couple weeks ago. So we'll see what's next, right? You know, it may start strong and it may be crap like everything else. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not, I'm not you know. Um, but one of the shows that I'm very uh, uh, excited about, and I'm sure you are too, because I think you're a Marvel fan as well, um, it's the What If um, and I'll let, I'll let you take the first part of the question here for those who don't know. What is What If um, when it originally came out in the comics? Oh, you're, you're right in my wheelhouse because <laughs> I have been Make Mine Marvel since I think I came out of the womb. I, the first thing I ever re remember reading is a Spider-Man comic. So I am a Marvelite through and through. It's um, always Spider-Man. What the... <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, you know, it was Spider-Man, but really my formative years in Mar for Marvel were X-Men during the Claremont run, um, Phoenix Saga, um, everything, everything that ran through Mutant Massacre, all that. The, the Claremont run was my big thing, but obviously just the entire Marvel universe as a whole. But when you talk about what if, what if is one of my favorite concepts in the Marvel universe. And it's, it's had two or three different ideations in its history. The first one actually started in the 70s where they – and the – basic idea of what if is what if certain things happen that would have changed the history of events in Marvel Universe? Um, some that come to mind right out of the gate is uh, what if uh, Bucky had lived or what if Captain America hadn't fallen into the ice? What if uh, Uncle Ben had lived? Um, <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, um, there's also been some to where it has been um, and they, kind of, they did a second iteration in the early 90s and some of them were really interesting in there like what if the alien uh, suit had bonded with Peter Parker uh, what if the X-Men had lost Inferno what if the uh, Marvel heroes had lost Secret Wars it's always really interesting and because you get such great takes on these different things it really stops to make you think and it leads into what we've got coming on Disney Plus which is the first real animated show from the MCU right which is what if, and the great thing about this is it's all going to be stories based out of what could have happened in the MCU universe themselves. But what I'm really excited about is the fact that all the actors from the MCU are going to come back and do the voices of the characters in this iteration of what if, including Robert Downey Jr. Well, there you go, because as, as we know, spoiler alert, he's dead in the MCU. Oh, no. 
<laughs> but 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 is he really ever is he really ever dead? I mean, no, really. <laughs> nobody's dead in any of these. I mean, come on, people randomly show up, and you're like, wait a minute, where have you been for the last fifty years? Like, what the f-? you know? I mean, come on, yeah. just go home, leave. Um, <laughs> all right, so. So basically, yeah. So basically, for the the uh, lesser geeks out there, what if, as you said, is basically a literally what it means. What if this happened instead of that? So for those who have followed the movies or read the comic books, obviously we know that a, a particular timeline, especially the MCU, went a certain way. Um, and in Endgame, we saw them having to go back and kind of tweak the timeline to change the course of history, aka basically let them win. Because it wouldn't be a Marvel movie if the good guys didn't win. Um, but one specific one that I want to go over that I don't really know if it's a love or a hate thing, but it's one of the weirdest comic book franchises there. And, you know, uh, you can agree or disagree with me, but we're going to talk about the uh, episodes that are going to be based about Marvel zombies. Yes, you heard me right. Marvel zombies. And as I said in another episode, I don't know if you heard the episode or not, uh, basically, Marvel Zombies was because nobody's going to give up a good franchise idea. And Marvel is like, hey, zombies are popular. Let's make all of our characters the undead. Um, so before I rant anymore, um, uh, what, what if, no, no pun intended, what, what is the best way to bring in such a strange storyline for, for people out there who are watching Disney Plus and have no idea what the hell Marvel Zombies is? So this is kind of what I'm going to say about this. As far as Marvel zombies go, the general audience, I mean, the zombie, the zombie phenomenon, yeah, it's maybe kind of hitting its end a little bit. I, I have heard rumors that now Walking Dead is ending with season 12. As far as Marvel zombies go, they really capitalized this when the zombie phenomenon was first getting started. And they first introduced the Marvel zombies in two things. Uh, there's a book called Exiles, which actually is kind of like a what if in itself, where it was about a team of misplaced characters throughout different um, multiverses in the Marvel universe. And they would travel to different Earths where things happened. And one of the first Earths they went to was a universe where all the Marvel heroes and villains had turned into zombies. So, and that a lot of people love that, and it really kicked on off from there. But as far as introducing people to the world of Marvel zombies, I mean, in a way, it's a little bit self-explanatory. Just take every Marvel character and uh, with the zombie thing and turn them up to a hundred on the on the um, smart mouse scale, on the diabolical s- scale, both heroes and villains. And right. I'll be very curious to see how they incorporate it and how it would happen in within the MCU universe of What If. That's that. That's what I'm really incorporate because there's not really been any story that could have addressed Marvel zombies in the MC, MCU. So they're definitely going to have to take some comic book elements and it's going to be one of the what ifs that's kind of a quote unquote new story for the MCU. Right. And that's a very good uh, point to make there too. Uh, while the MCU can do a lot of things well, uh, Marvel zombies, I don't think fits in their movie timeline. Um, it could be what it could be in the MCU is what is what any franchise does is you can make mention of it in between conversation. Um, you never have to show it. You never have to fully flesh it out. Uh, but you know, as we've seen in many Marvel movies, people have conversations that only us nerds really understand. But it's it's kind of one of those we can't give you a full movie, but here's a little bit of it just because we know you want it. Um, 
in TV, however, because you don't really have to follow along a storyline, especially in a kind of show like this, which is basically what I call the cartoon type of show where nothing really matters. It's each episode by itself, right? Um, so in the TV land uh, area, uh, what if works perfectly. And especially in a, in a land where we have stuff like Walking Dead, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Walking Dead fan, but I would probably guess, and people have told me, if there was a Walking Dead movie in theaters, most people probably wouldn't want to watch it because Walking Dead does best at home on TV is what people have told me. Um, and I think that's going to be this. This is going to be something that people might go, oh, this would be great to see in the theaters, but then you're going to realize, mm, there's not really much of a story here, is there, you know? Um, that being said, um, we don't, you know, this, this, this is going to be one of their, like you said, one of their first animated uh, shows of this, of this uh, uh, streaming service. So are they going to connect it? I don't know. I know their live action shows are connected to the movies, but I don't think they're going to go as far as, as connecting the cartoons, do you? No, I, I think what if is going to be its own standalone thing. Okay. Um, I think, I think, I think, like I said, the only, the only connection it's going to have is the fact that they're doing for the most part, it's what if stories based off of the MCU. I think the Marvel zombies one that they're planning is, is kind of like what the Marvel zombies was when it first appeared. It's going to, it's going to be kind of a one shot deal. Let's throw in the Marvel zombies that people like them. They're popular. They can get a little crazy with them. But I think that's, the, that's the point. But all these what if stories, the only thing I can say about this is we're going to also be looking at the aspect of where maybe a couple of these worlds get a quick flash because we do have the Doctor Strange movie, which is going to deal with the multiverse. Correct. And some aspects. So maybe that's, that could be a setup for some of the stuff within what if as well as, because I know like the WandaVision show is going to link directly into that Doctor Strange film as well, because Scarlet Witch is going to be a huge player in that Doctor Strange film but that might be where the what if thing kind of links in a little bit but i don't i i see this more as you know what we're going to give the mcu guys something fun to do and and that's what what if is what if is meant to be fun and to get a little wild with it and get a little outrageous with it and i think it's going to be fun and like i said i think the one of the aspect that i really love about it is how many of these actors from these films are coming back to voice these characters i think that's great and it just shows you how much love that these actors have and how much they support what happens in the mcu Perfectly said. And I believe all of these are coming out in the next year or so. So I think everything will, will fall into place in the timeline um, to make everything more or less uh, sensical, um, connecting everything it has to. So I believe right now I'm looking at the calendar. Uh, the Doctor Strange is coming out in May of 2021 with WandaVision coming out just a little bit beforehand. So everything will fall into place, as you said, um, and Marvel Zombies will just be one of those, you know, additions to the fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just, go out, be with Marvel Zombies, that's the point. You go out and be as crazy as you can be. There you go. Very, very well said. Um, all right, so we are going to go from the future to the past. Well, I'm a, I'm a 90s kid. I think you are too, correct? Uh, eight, 
I, I, I grew up mostly in the 80s, but, you know, I, the, the kid never left me. So there was a lot of that 90s stuff, too, and especially when you're talking Disney things and things like that, I'm a fan of. So, there you know. You so 80s, 90s, that sounds good. Um, and this, and funny enough, what we're going to talk about is actually an old, and one of the original Disney franchises there. Um, we're going to flash back, and I'm going to, I'm sure we're going to age ourselves here. So let's be warned for those listening. Words may be said. Um, we're going to chat about a show uh, that I think most people remember. Maybe not this version. Um, I'm just going to say, Return to Pooh Corner. Well, for, uh, just off the bat, what does that make you think when you hear those words? Oh, it's Winnie the Pooh. And I mean, um, Winnie the Pooh is one of the – it's such an interesting thing for Disney because, you know, it wasn't something that necessarily was created by Disney. Right. It had such a rich history with Disney. Obviously, you think Winnie the Pooh, you think Return to Pooh Corner, you think um, the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And obviously, oh, even yeah. more recently, even more recently, the live-action film of Christopher Robin, which um, – I went and saw in the theater, and I, there might have been some welling up in the eyes. I'm just saying. Oh no, I, I agree. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good. That was a good movie. That was. I had not watched a movie that made me feel that way in a while. So, yeah. But but you know the, the thing about the Winnie the the characters of Winnie the Pooh is just the aspect of they're timeless. They really are. You know, and most people know Pooh. They know Tigger. They know Piglet. They know Eeyore. Um, right. Yeah. You, you know, maybe Rabbit. Um, Rue and a couple of the other characters, not so much, but you know, you show somebody Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore, and Piglet, they know who you're talking about. Exactly. So we're going to just go over some aspects of it, this, this particular one, because I feel that most people remember the, the cartoons um, and, and lesser, you know, I mean, I was a Disney kid, so I watched Disney Channel all the time. Um, so the, di the main difference between this one and uh, the cartoons was really the live action puppetry. Um, I don't know how many Disney shows up until this point had uh, costume characters live. Um, I'm gonna say that, let's see, this was uh, 83. Uh, so they might've had some puppet shows beforehand, but I wanna say this is probably one of, the, one of their originals. Um, and you know, we haven't seen that kind of thing, have we recently? Very, very few times do people use puppets since the 80s. So I think the first question to kind of go over and discuss is um, what was that, was that something that was, you know, looking back now, they're, they're kind of creepy looking, but <laughs> when you were a kid, uh, what, what makes it more fun? Do you think it's more fun as a puppet or more fun as a cartoon? You know, for me, I'm going to say in, in this case, the, the Pooh cartoon is always going to be number one, but you know, Pooh Corner was um, something um, special for a lot of kids, especially of that age. It ran from 83 to 86. And, you know, it was the first live action. And really in the 80s, that's, that was kind of a thing. You could get away with a lot more live action puppetry. I mean, right. we, are so much, we are so much in a land now, and it, it's actually a little bit even depressing to me. Everything is so CGI. And, you know, that's why I was so excited when, like, the Dark Crystal uh, Age of Resistance came out, and they were using the the puppetry again, and and things like that. I was I, I I'm a big fan of those practical effects, and don't get me wrong, CGI is great, and CGI is does a lot of amazing things. But there's something to be said about those practical, physical looking things. And yes, um, you go back and you watch Pooh Corner now, 
they might look a little creepy. I'm just, I can, I can, I'm not gonna lie. I, I can say that, but I, you know what? It was a, it was, it was really something new for the Disney Channel, who was still really looking heavily for programming at that point, and it was a big program for them and a cornerstone show for them for a good few years until, because it was really after '86 when they started hitting the, their stride with the afternoon cartoon things, because you had Ducktales come out, you had Chip and Dale come out, and they really shifted their focus more back to the animation, at but and. Yes, it was in syndicated Saturday afternoon blocks, but a lot of stuff found its way back to the Disney Channel too. So, but yeah, this was something Disney took one of their things they didn't pay a lot of attention to really in the early '80s until they hit Pooh Corner, and then they really put the focus on Pooh Corner. After Pooh Corner, things kind of dissipated for a while until we got the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And the other, the other aspect of that too, because because you made a, a comment a second ago, how after you know '86 and on they focused back to cartoons. They also kind of left the, uh, I, I think it's edutainment or something like that, where it's kind of educational entertainment for kids. Because I know I one thing I do remember about this show was it was it was one of those shows where every episode had kind of like a a moral at the end, like it was you know it was a teaching moment. Because you know, oh, yeah. Disney wanted to, to you know teach the kids. So I guess I guess a good uh, aspect to discuss is um, was Disney you know is Disney was Disney interested in doing that or was it kind of like let's do this because other channels were doing it and then they realized we do better with cartoons let's just be silly and stupid and just have more cartoons. I think for Disney, because again, this was a weird time for Disney because this is a time when Disney didn't have a lot of movies hitting the theater. This was kind of the movie drought time for Disney, if you really think about it. Um, and for the, they were they were reaching and grabbing for anything, especially like I said, they they still needed content for the Disney Channel, and they wanted original content for the Disney Channel. Channel, who right. doesn't love Pooh? Who doesn't want to run up to Pooh when you see him in Disneyland and hug him? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so much anymore. That might be that might be construed as a <laughs> yes. Well, you know, at that point in time, you know, um, and like I said, it was the educational factor, and this was a point when education was a big part of even the Saturday morning cartoons. Because even with like GI Joe, you had the the at the end of every episode, the knowing is half the battle. They did it with some Transformer episodes. A lot of cartoons did this as well, but they were doing it with a lot of live action shows. And this is, like I said, Disney was, was had this section of kind of an afternoon education block. And Pooh Corner was a right. big part of that. And I, I think it was something that you saw change and morph, especially about that 87, 88 time. Because you think about, about what, shows where the kids were getting into popular there because G.I. Joe and Transformers were starting to kind of wind down. A lot of this right. was starting to come wind down. We were getting into the Disney afternoon block. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were starting starting to come out and hit big. So, yeah, this, this it was, and you were getting a lot more syndicated shows. So this is, this is, this is where the landscape was really starting to change. And I, I think in this case, it was, the landscape Disney started to change. And by 89, you had, full-blown things going with the afternoon cartoon shows. You had Little Mermaid coming out and being a huge flash, reestablishing Disney animated features. So Pooh, Pooh Corner is so un is very unique for the time frame it is, and I think it's a really interesting piece of Disney history. It is, it is. And uh, as I'm looking through some of the notes that I took earlier, um, they had another one similar to this called Dumbo Circus, which was... Yes. The Dumbo character, but it was live action. So it was a live action elephant, some other circus animals. They had um, 
let's see, what did I write down here? Uh, there was a, like a lion, there was a koala. So it was the same type of idea. It was taking a character, it was taking a, a movie that people knew and trying to relate it, um, not just for fun, but also, you know, it, it, it's kind of Mr. Rogers-esque, right? It's taking uh, lessons, but making them kind of fun to watch and learn. So you don't really think you're learning, you think you're just having fun, but then you realize, oh, that was a, you know, that was a good story, that was a good message. Um, well, go you, on. You bring, up a, you bring up a good point, because this is also at a time when, the, like I said, Disney Channel's trying to establish himself, and they were looking for stuff in that afternoon block to compete with Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. That's that's true, and I and I was thinking I was thinking about Sesame Street a second ago too, because PBS is like the land of education. Uh, no, there's no PBS show that I think is fun. It's all learning, but you put puppets and you put uh, people with you know mellow voices and you put little characters. You you keep their attention. Looking back, it looks ridiculous. I'm like, why was I listening to a giant yellow bird? That's just dumb. But at the time, you're like, whoa, that's really cool. So, you know, you're right. They, they were going up against a channel that basically devoted itself to nothing but education. Because even the, the, for adults, you had like Masterpiece Theater. You had Antiques Roadshow. You, nothing on that channel was ever supposed to be meant for fun. It was supposed to be, as I said many times just now, educational. Uh, huh. I, I mean, I learned a lot from Tom Baker on how to properly wear a scarf when Doctor Who was on BBS. <laughs> Very important skill for us these days because you, know, you kind of learn. Um, so, really quickly, I was actually I found a couple specific uh, specials that actually really uh, struck me for a second. Um, there was four specific Winnie the Pooh specials from the show. Um, some of which are kind of you know general like for instance there was one called Pooh's Great School Bus Adventure and it was all about school bus safety you know pretty pretty uh, low nothing too too drastic um, another one was called Responsible Persons and this was about taking responsibility for your actions again uh, nothing very um, nothing very out there it's something you know it's something you teach a kid right you know if you do something wrong you own up you, you you're responsible for what you do but there's two on here that looking now and maybe just because I'm older seem very strange. Uh, one of them is about why it's important not to talk to strangers and all about molestation. Um, again, the word itself is not a word we talk about lightly, but does that seem to you a little strong for a Winnie the Pooh character episode? <laughs> yes and no, because if you looked at th that special aired in 1985 and there was a really big push about child kidnappings then and, and those kind of things if you look back in, in your history. So, I mean, yes, I get it, but that was a big push in education about that during that time, time frame. So, yeah, it's a little weird. I'm not going to lie when you think about it. But, I, 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 again, that's looking more about what was happening in the world, especially what they were trying, messages they were trying to get across to kids at that time frame, especially just talking to strangers. Right. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you that one. And then the, the last one, the last one of the four that I found is called the one and only you. And it's basically teaching, teaching yourself, to, teaching kids to, to be yourself and it's okay. And what the re and now that seems very kind of bland too, but what really strikes me on that one is 
you know, nowadays with stuff like, you know, mental health or whatever, people, you know, everybody's very big on, do, you know, do you, be you, show yourself, you know, don't be afraid. And looking back now, and I'm like, oh, 1989, they were doing this too. So it almost seems like there was kind of some disconnect between then and now, like what happened to these shows that really actually um, had a good message to you. So just for a quick second, you know, do you, what is there some, was there some sort of kind of switch like 1980s, let's talk about important stuff, 1990s to now, let's just put a bunch of crap on the air because we can. I think the, I really do think in the eighties there was more of an emphasis on teaching something in the shows. Okay. Um, not, and then I think in the late eighties, early nineties, everything twitched to how can we market this? How can we sell this? How can we do this? And how can we do that? And with the advent of cable television really booming in the late eighties and nineties. And then now where we have all these streaming services and so many different ways to get our media. I, I think, I think it's, it's changed so much. And I mean, you got to think about even in the early eighties when Disney channel first started, there wasn't that many cable television channels as there is compared to now. So I, I think, I think it was, it was big about that. But you also talked about specials too. Blue corner had a lot of holiday specials. They did two different Christmas specials, a Thanksgiving special, a Halloween special, and even a Valentine's day special. Very, very, yeah, that's, there's always the flip side to it. You, you know, you, you, you forget that, they don't just do, you know, the important stuff. They're still a kid show. So they do, you know, like for instance, I see the Thanksgiving one is here, you know, because Thanksgiving's coming up. So yeah, you're right. They do have a lot of just kind of silly ones. Just, you know, just ones because, you know, no, no particular reason other than, you know, everybody needs a Halloween special because that's just the rule now. Um, I was watching a video the other day where it was like every single franchise had a Halloween special. I'm like, what the hell? Like, no. Oh yeah. Stop. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. It, it's funny when you talk about the educational side too, because a lot of these came out, except for um, the one, one and only you and responsible persons both came out in '89 after the series was had already been canceled. Huh. All right. That's <laughs> didn't think of that right there, but that's a very good point. <laughs> but they were they were only like little ten minute shorts, but obviously they felt that this that it was something they wanted to do and I, it was an interesting revisit to that i, I remember the because it was either 88 or 89 there was a big push about kind of putting education back in some of these shows and i remember there was an anti-drug one that was like the car saturday morning cartoon all-stars and it was like they literally had the turtles in it and a bunch of the different bugs oh, buddy yes, was in it was the first time i've learned that alf had a cartoon <laughs> Yeah, and they, it was characters from, like, all the networks put in their own animated characters. And I remember it was a really huge deal. It was like an hour special. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and, then, and that was kind of like uh, a lot of parents and stuff were like, you're taking the education and some of the meaning out of some of these cartoons. And they kind of did that, and it was kind of after that, it just really started falling by the wayside. It was just like, we're just selling toys or we're, we're just going for ratings and how much we yeah. can market this. And I, I think that's kind of a shame in some ways that that has changed somewhat. Yeah, and actually to kind of tie both what we both topics together, going back to Disney+, Plus, the one thing I do appreciate that they're doing is they're bringing back some of these shows. Um, like you mentioned, the cartoons like Chip and Dale, Goof Troop, they put them on Disney Plus, so we're going to be able to relive our childhood um, in a way. Um, Give me my gargoyles. 
<laughs> give me give me my gargoyles there you go there you go um now who knows i mean you know they just they just put the service out so there's only so many shows and stuff on there but who knows maybe they'll put some of the stuff on here like these old old school you know shows because what's funny is that not only are we at a time when we don't really care about you know purpose we're just kind of selling stuff if you go on amazon and ebay it's very hard to even find uh copies of these shows because you know, up until a point, nobody really gave a damn anymore. And it's a little yeah. unfortunate that, you know, yes, you know, would I rewatch this again now? Probably not, but it would be kind of fun to be like, hey, look what I found. I found a, you know, a DVD copy of, you know, the Dumbo Circus show. It's, it's more of a nice to know that somebody still cares, even if there's no purpose in really having it, you know what I mean? And it may be just a point of like business. That's not a good business idea because why waste money on something nobody wants to watch. But for those of us who grew up in eighties and nineties, you know, like I, I was born in 85. So when it got to the nineties, there was a whole lot of stuff that I was watching, whether it was cartoon or whether it was this stuff. And it would be nice to be able to just kind of go back. Cause you know, YouTube is one thing, you know, I can go on YouTube and find an episode of the stuff, but it's, it's weird because, you know, there's so many restrictions now. You can't show the whole episode. You can't show certain versions of it. So, you know, I'd like to be able to see Disney maybe bring back some of these, even if it's just for a little while, just for kind of a special time. You know, be like, hey, you want to go back to the 80s? Check out Return to Pooh's Corner for a week and go, you know, watch some of the episodes. Um, well, I, I think in the advent of Disney Plus, too, you're going to eventually see so much on there. I think, I think, I mean, as it is, it's overwhelming how much stuff is on there, but there's a lot right. of stuff missing from there. And I think it's just a matter of time. And you got to, people got to understand something about Disney plus Disney still, they've got this whole Fox library that they've got to sort out. They've got to figure out what exactly they're going to do with Hulu. And they've still got to figure out Disney plus. And one of the things I really like about Disney plus is the fact that you can go to a webpage and make suggestions of new other things you want to do on Disney, want to see on Disney plus. Oh, all so right. They, they do have that capability. So if there's something you want, go there, put, put it on that webpage and submit it. And you, you never know. But like I said, Disney, Disney has become such a behemoth, in yeah. in the industry that you know for them to sort through everything i mean they like i said they have this whole fox library that they've got to sort through and you know i know that they have made the decision that there will be no r-rated or adult material on disney plus and that a right. lot of that will end up on hulu so like i said disney's still sorting this out let's see where we're at in about a year to a two <laughs> years from now and you, everything that's really going to be encompassed in Disney plus and Hulu and this whole tent pole that they've, and just monster that Disney has become. We're, we're never going to leave the house again. Like just, just sorry, everybody. I'm never leaving the house. I will be stuck on my couch for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the movie going experience and I love going to the theater, but with the way technology is evolving and how fast things are, are changing, especially with the streaming wars in full effect, the next uh, ten, within well, 10 well, years, things are going to look differently. 15 bucks on a ticket, right? Just stay home and watch them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, exactly. In 10 years, our, our absorption of our entertainment media is going to be so drastically different than it is even now. Uh, I miss the days when we had to go to Blockbuster to actually get a movie. I will oh, just... I 
I remember the days when I had a, I had spectrum cable and you didn't even have a remote. You had a turn tie, turn dial up on the top of your set, a TV set. <laughs> uh, this is, this is either really sad or really funny. I can't tell you and I'll figure it out later, but I, <laughs> but, but by oh, Monday, I'm going to regret I said any of this, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're going to look back and be like, I just, I'm depressed now. Like, I got a lot exactly. Oh my God. All right. Well, this has been an awesome one. We've talked some old, we've talked some new, and we've talked probably things that we should never have said in, in the public. But now you know, bring, come at me, bring it, you know, bring it. Um, all right. So uh, before we uh, sign off a little bit, I'm going to give you a second to uh, let us know about your next uh, episode coming up, if you have one coming. Um, yeah, we got a couple of things coming out. Um, in fact, the day we're recording this, our newest episode of Culture Clash, our weekly um, fandom news and review show, uh, was released. Um, usually, we put out about three, three to four shows a week on our network. Usually, you're always going to get a Culture Clash. We have our um, What a Piece of Junk Star Wars podcast, um, our Type Forty Doctor Who with um, the major announcements of Doctor Who coming up. But and then there's always rotating things. Every week, there's something new on the Fandom Podcast Network, and you can find it all again. Just go to fpnet.podbean.com or search for our Fandom Podcast Network in iTunes. Awesome. Well said. So. Uh... As for me, every Monday I put out two episodes, so we just did some Pokemon stuff because I am addicted to Pokemon Go. Who isn't, though, right? I say if it's better than drugs, so, you know, be happy that I'm not addicted to drugs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Just remember, so I, if may, we'll look up before you cross the street. Don't, don't chase that Pokemon into the middle of the street. <laughs> you know, you say that, it's funny, because I just saw a commercial for, like, um, blind spot assistance in a car and literally this guy was like walking on his phone doing something and the guy next to him had to like pull him back you're like whoa and like, oh thanks and I'm like what the hell just happened here like <laughs> um, alright so every Monday we're going to have two episodes so um, when, uh, when this one goes up on my side I will definitely write down those links and let everybody uh, attach or find you through my podcast as well um, I'm sure we will have you on very soon sir um, Whatever, you know, whatever our schedules work, because I know both of us are super busy. Um, but yeah, I hope you had fun. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure to be here. We'll get you on one of our shows. You know, we got a little bit of East Coast, West Coast time difference, too, which makes it a little more complicated, but we'll get it figured out. And it's just, it's just time and daylight. You know, who cares? Sleep? Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, until next time, guys, I will give everybody my closing catchphrase that I say. Stay nerdy.